Welcome to Becoming Boundary, the podcast that teaches you how to say yes to the space you need and the connection you crave. I'm your host, Krista Resnick. I'm a master life coach and boundary expert for women. I'm also a sought-after speaker and mother to three adultish sons. It wasn't that long ago that I was a boundary disaster. My time never felt like my own. I couldn't set a boundary and speak my truth. And my most important relationships suffered greatly. Fast forward to today and I've successfully coached thousands of women to heal from their people-pleasing patterns and step into true freedom and confidence. I created Becoming Boundary to help you do the same. Be sure to tune in for tips and tools from me, interviews with other incredible coaches and therapists and speakers, plus one-on-one live coaching calls and so much more. If you're ready to start setting healthy boundaries so you can create the space you need and the connection you crave, then you're in the right space. Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of Becoming Boundaried. So today we are talking all about self-abandonment. I talk about self-abandonment a lot in my messaging on social media, talk about it a lot with my clients, but I really wanted to take an episode and unpack what self-abandonment actually is in this episode in hopes that you might be able to recognize yourself in some of the examples and see where you might be self-abandoning. This topic is something that I was so well-versed in, my friends. I did not trust my instincts. I was a massive people pleaser. I hid parts of myself. I struggled with perfectionism. I had terrible self-criticism and judgment. And not only did I not honor my needs, I didn't even know what my needs were. I didn't even have a vocabulary for my needs. And if I'm being honest, sometimes there are still a few pieces of self-abandonment that come up in my life because we're human beings running around this world in meat suits. (laughs) And there's no such thing as getting it perfect or nailing it 150% of the time. There are still parts of myself once in a while that I walk away from a conversation and I think, wow, I hid a part of myself. I, I didn't express, I didn't state clearly how I felt regarding X, Y, or Z. Or I just put some unrealistic high expectations for myself around this or that. Or there's still times where that self-criticism, when something doesn't work out the way that I want, or I don't respond in a way that aligns with my true self and my values, I can tend to be critical and judgy toward myself. There's times where I fail to honor my needs. There's times I still, once in a while, don't always trust my instinct. It's like, 
I think my gut's telling me this, but I'm just going to go up into my head and I'm going to justify or rationalize this situation. There's times I still step into people-pleasing. We all seek validation from other people. We want to be a part of of something bigger than ourselves. And so people-pleasing is one of the portals that we use to sometimes seek that validation, to know where we fit, to be a part of a community or a tribe or a hive or whatever you want to call it. And so today's episode is going to unpack what exactly self-abandonment is, why we self-abandon, how we can stop abandoning ourselves, and a little bit more. We're going to have some powerful questions at the end for you to really reflect on and lean into so that you can really start to trust yourself and honor your needs and your feelings and what's coming up for you and really be true to yourself. Really come back home to yourself. That's what this is all about. So before we get started, I do have a brief announcement. Speaking of coming home to yourself, I am offering a really epic workshop called Coming Home to You. And it's all about how to step back from our codependent thinking patterns, our people-pleasing ways, using the power of our thoughts, our beliefs, and even more specifically, somatics, getting back into the body. We have been taught from a very, very early age to live from the mind. And we forget that there's a whole beautiful body from the chin down that is there to show us the way. You know, our gut feelings are our GPS. And the soma, the body, is such a vast and nuanced and beautiful and complex in every gorgeous way system that can really show us wisdom feedback, messaging. But again, because we've cut ourselves off from it, we live in our minds because for many of us, that's been the only safe place to be. We're missing so much data and feedback. So that's really what this workshop is going to to introduce you to is coming back home to your body. So join me, friends, coming home to you June 6th, 6 p.m., two-hour live interactive workshop. The link will be in the in the show notes as always. I, I just cannot express enough how essential this workshop is if you are feeling like you live from the chin up and you've cut yourself off from really tapping into the wisdom of the body this workshop is for you. This workshop is for you if you are stuck in your codependent, living on other people's side of the street all the time ways. This workshop is for you. If you're tired of being the totally yes girl and people pleasing, this workshop is for you. So grab your seat by clicking the link in 
the show notes. All right, friends, let's dive into today's episode. I want to kick it off with a quote that I absolutely love that I was introduced to or landed upon years ago, and I've never forgotten this quote. This quote has become such a lighthouse in my life. And the quote is by Diane von Furstenberg, who says, the most important relationship in your life is the relationship you have with yourself. Because no matter what happens, you will always be with yourself. Now, I'm crazy mad about relationship, relationship with other people. But truly, we cannot have healthy, deep, intimate relationship with other people until we at least start exploring what that looks like in our own life and really create that deep relationship with self. We are with ourselves all day, every day for the rest of our lives. Shouldn't we get to know ourselves? Shouldn't we have an intimate and healthy relationship with ourselves? I mean, it only makes sense when we unpack it and look at it from that angle, right? So let me ask you this, just as we kick off this episode, a couple of things to think about. Do you have a hard time trusting yourself? Do you hide parts of yourself? Do you hide your feelings? Do you hide your beliefs when you're around certain people? Do you shove down your ideas so that you fit in, you please other people, you acquiesce? Do you diminish or discount your feelings because you simply don't think that they matter? These are all signs of self-abandonment. We abandon ourselves, friends, when we don't value ourselves, when we don't act in our own best interest, and when we don't comfort ourselves, cheer for ourselves, encourage ourselves. You know, speaking of cheering for yourself, I'll never forget, I think it was last summer, I was on the Peloton. And we happen to have our Peloton upstairs in what we call our bonus room. So it's up above the garage. And I was up riding the Peloton. And just like every Peloton ride, they're always challenging for me. There's I've never done an easy Peloton ride yet. And I came downstairs, got off the bike, came downstairs, and my husband said, Um, what was all the cheering about? What like who who were you cheering for? <laughs> I said, I was cheering for me. <laughs> like who better to cheer for for me than me? You've got to be your own best cheerleader. So I want you to notice, just see how many of these examples of self-abandonment ring true for you. I'm going to list them off, some examples, and you just sit back and listen and see how many of these might ring true for you. So not trusting your instincts. You know, you're somebody who second guesses yourself a lot. You overthink, you ruminate, you just go on and on and on and obsess over the same issue. You let others make decisions for you. You assume that, oh, they know more than I do. You people please. You seek validation from others. You suppress your needs and interests to please others. You hide parts of yourself. You give up your interests, your goals. You don't share your feelings. Perfectionism, you have these high expectations for yourself and you never really feel worthy regardless of how much you do and what you accomplish. 
self-criticism and judgment. You say hurtful and mean things to yourself when you don't meet your own painfully high standards. Maybe you don't honor your needs. You don't recognize that your needs are even valid. You fail to practice self-care. You feel even unworthy of self-care. You suppress your feelings. You push away uncomfortable feelings through coping strategies such as denial, numbing, avoidance. Maybe you use mood-altering substances, which would be an example of numbing. You don't act according to your values. You know, you know what your values are, but you're constantly misaligned because you're so wrapped up in doing things to please other people, even if they go against your beliefs and values. You have codependent relationships. You're always on somebody else's side of the street, focused on their needs, their wants, their problems. Meanwhile, you're the one that's standing on your own side of the street or the other side of the street, feeling neglected, feeling disappointed, feeling like you just are resentful towards other people. Another example would be not speaking up for yourself, not advocating for yourself. You don't ask for what you need. You don't set and enforce your boundaries. And you allow people to take advantage of you. So just take a deep breath. I know that was probably a lot. And many of you listening might have resonated with many of those examples. I did. Probably every single one of them, to be honest with you. Those all rang true for me at one point in my life. And so I know it can be a lot to take in. So just... Breathe back to yourself and just know that you're here for a reason. We're going to learn some things and we're going to start to lean into the truth that these things are not actually who you are. They're patterns. They're patterns that you learned in childhood because of your faulty conditioning, because of things that happened to you outside of your control. And you learned that these patterns of not honoring your needs, suppressing your feelings, developing codependent relationships, not speaking up for yourself, not setting boundaries, you learned that these things were the way in which you felt safe. So it's not your fault, my friend. It is your faulty programming. However, it is your responsibility, once you know that, to move forward by doing the beautiful healing work. And that's why you're here. That's why we're hanging out. So why do we abandon ourselves? Well, like we've unpacked in other podcasts, self-abandonment begins in childhood. So it's very likely that your parents or other adults, grandparents, maybe you were close with an aunt and uncle, caregivers, whomever, whomever had influence in your life. It's very likely that they did not meet your emotional and physical needs. I should say actually and or physical needs. So you might have been somebody who had all of your physical needs met in your physical bucket, but your emotional bucket was completely empty to the point of being like dry. 
And so if your caregivers, your parents, abandon you emotionally or physically, this is going to cause you to have that attachment trauma that we talked about in, gosh, I think it might have been last episode. So if you haven't listened to that yet, go back and listen to attachment trauma and that will unpack this even deeper. But when you have that attachment trauma and you've been abandoned emotionally or physically, this is going to cause us to feel unworthy, unseen, unlovable. So what happens, friends, is as adults, we repeat these patterns from childhood because they're familiar. They're what we know. So we will repeatedly choose partners and friends who mistreat us, who take advantage of us, who don't support us, who don't meet our needs. Now, I do want to preface this by saying we as adults can meet a lot of our own needs, okay? However, when we are in healthy relationship with people, there are times that we do meet our partner's needs, okay? So we don't want to be so to the point where we are independent. We want to be interdependent. And interdependent basically just means I like hanging out with you. I like your energy. I like spending time with you. I love meeting your needs. When I have the capacity and the availability to do so. So we want to get to that place of not being codependent where we're so like enmeshed and, and like one with other people. We don't want to be to the other extreme and be independent. We want to be interdependent where we come together and we recognize that, you know, here I am standing in my truth. Here you are standing in your truth. And yet we can come together in these little containers and we can share experiences and intimacy and connection and depth with each other. And you stay true to you and I stay true to me. Okay? So... What happens then is, you know, we choose these partners, these friends who maybe have narcissistic traits, who mistreat us, but often we do the same thing to ourselves. We don't know how to be there for ourselves because nobody modeled that for us as children. Nobody was truly there for us as children. So self-abandonment, just like codependency, friends, is a learned behavior. It's a way that You and I tried to cope with unhealthy, you can call it toxic, dysfunctional family dynamics. Children are supposed to depend on adults to meet their emotional and physical needs. That is a parent's responsibility. Point blank all day long. That is a parent's responsibility. It's to step into their leadership and attune to their children meet their needs, be with them when they feel sad, when they feel angry, when they feel irritated, help them move through those big feelings, really see them, love them, encourage them. That is a parent's responsibility. However, when you live in an unpredictable, chaotic, abusive family, you're going to learn real quick that it is not safe to shine your light, to be who you truly are, to be who God made you to be. You're going to learn real quick that in order to create safety for yourself, you've got to hide your true self. So you're going to, and this is something that was was decades for me, act like a chameleon. Contort yourself into a people-pleasing 
pretzel. You're going to morph into whatever role will keep the peace and that will help you avoid judgment or criticism or that tone, ridicule, put downs, any sort of physical or emotional pain. You're going to avoid it. We are not going to seek out that kind of pain. We're going to do whatever we can to avoid it. So you're going to learn, just like I did, to suppress your feelings, to suppress your needs. You're going to learn that your worth depends on what you accomplish and what you do. And oftentimes, whatever you do, it's never going to feel like enough. You're going to learn that your interests, your needs, your goals don't matter. And that deep down, you're going to buy into the belief and the misunderstanding more than likely that you don't deserve love and compassion. Numbing our feelings with food is a great example of self-abandonment. This was something that I have really consciously had to move through and heal and, and be mindful of. I numbed my feelings for years with food because it was like a form of almost like self-love to myself to, you know, wash my pain down with donuts or Oreos or pasta, you know, the things that I know don't put me in that present, expansive, peaceful, ease, happy state that I want to be in as much as humanly possible, right? Unconsciously scrolling for hour upon hour on social media or Netflix, that is a common form of self-abandonment. So I'm not here to bash, or I'm certainly not coming from a place of judgment about how much time people are spending on social media or Netflix. And it can be a beautiful place. You know, when you've had a long day, when you've, you know, gotten up early, gone to work, gotten the groceries, dealt with kids, baths, all of that, Netflix or social media can be a great place to land for a little while if it's something that really fuels you, if it's something that you're choosing from that conscious place. But when you get up from the couch and you go, I just spent two hours scrolling or Netflixing as a form of numbing. That's a different conversation, my friends. We don't want to be in that zombie-like state. And I think that's where a lot of us are in today's culture. It's like we're so numb from our own emotions. Again, living from chin up. So we're walking around like zombies, just numbing on, I mean, just pick up your phone and you can numb for hours. (laughs) hours, days, weeks, months, years. So self-abandonment is a self-destructive pattern that can really contribute to a lot of the anxiety and the depression and the low self-esteem and the unfulfilling relationships that we're seeing in our current culture. Now, abandoning yourself may have been necessary during childhood, you know. Again, chin down was not a safe place for many of us to be because of our childhood wounds and situations and bullying and trauma. So it's a pattern that we developed that was a necessity. But as adults, it isn't helpful anymore. It's destroying our lives. As I always say, the unmet needs 
of our inner child are what create chaos in our adult life. So let's move into how you can begin to trust and value yourself, okay? So how do we actually stop abandoning ourselves? So let's go back to that quote that I read at the beginning by Diane von Furstenberg. I hope I'm saying that right. The most important relationship in your life is the relationship you have with yourself because no matter what happens, you will always be with you. Friends, you've got to be able to rely on yourself. And your relationship with you becomes the template for all the other relationships that you form. You cannot have a healthy, intimate connection with other people if your relationship with yourself is negative, judgmental, critical, harsh. You can't do it. So we need to be able to cultivate a loving relationship with ourselves, even if it feels uncomfortable because it will at first, and even if we don't know how to do it. I didn't know how to do it. And as clunky as it felt, I kept going. You too can keep going. We've got to start showing up for ourselves. We've got to start allowing ourselves, giving ourselves permission to express ourselves, to recognize that yes, this side of heaven, we are flawed and we are completely worthy. You stop abandoning yourself and you start creating a loving relationship with yourself when you do some of the following things that I'm going to list, okay? So lean in. You got to start allowing yourself to have feelings. You've got to start living from the chin down. Got to get back into the body. Again, coming home to you, happening June 6th, I'm going to show you how to start coming back home to yourself, how to start living back into your body, getting out of the head and living from the chin down. You've got to allow yourself to have needs. Everyone, everyone has feelings and needs. And yes, If you're listening to this podcast right now, you probably were not allowed to express them as a child. You might not have even been able to express them in some of your adult relationships. But you, you can be a safe haven for your own feelings, for your own needs. If you create the space and you get the support that you need, if you just listen, your feelings will guide you. They will tell you what you need. And when you meet your needs, you can start to set those boundaries that we talk so much about on this podcast, what it's all about. You can't really set boundaries if you don't first and foremost know what you need. And you know what you need by listening to your feelings. So you see how this is all starting to work together. First, we have to know what we're feeling. We have to get back into the soma. We have to get back into the feeling body. We have to start living from the chin down. Once we start to identify, okay, I'm having this feeling, I'm feeling... I'm feeling really disappointed. Well, what's the unmet need? What is it that you really need? Okay, I'm really needing connection. I'm lonely. I'm isolated. I haven't really had a good conversation or a good belly laugh with somebody in a month. I feel lonely. Okay. So now we know we need connection. 
now we can start to create a boundary around bringing in that connection rather than letting our children run the show and take all of our resources. Maybe allowing that partner to take all of our resources and monopolize all of our time and, you know, acquiesce and and be codependent or whatever the situation is, we can start to create those boundaries and say, you know what, I'm not going to volunteer for this thing because I'm realizing that connection with other healthy females once a week is really important for me. Like it is actually a non-negotiable for my mental and emotional health. So I'm going to create the boundaries that I need to start bringing that into my life. So to begin, because some of you might be thinking, okay, that's awesome. Love that. Totally get it. How do I do it? (laughs) I know what you're thinking. I'm already a step ahead of you. So some of you are thinking, okay, I've lived in my mind for 30, 40, 50, 60 years. How? 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 would I start living chin down? I want you to start practice practicing identifying your feelings throughout the day. So one of my favorite ways to do this is to set some alarms on my phone throughout the day. When the alarm goes off, you honor it. Okay, so you don't set the alarms on your phone and then not honor them. That's, that's self-abandoning, okay? Now we're right back to square one. Set a couple of alarms on your phone because we're building a new habit. And you can say all you want that you're going to do this practice. I'm going to tell you what the practice is in just a minute. But you really need to pair it with something. So putting it with an alarm on your phone or even when you pee. (laughs) So it's really powerful when we can put two habits together. So let's say every time you sit down to pee, you step into this practice that I'm about to teach you. Boom, they go hand in hand. I pee, I do this practice. I pee, I do this practice. I pee, I do this practice. Okay? So you choose how you want to go about this. I'm just saying it can be super helpful when we pair these two habits together. So what you want to do is you sit down to pee. (laughs) I know that sounds strange, but I'm telling you it works. Okay? And you just check in with yourself or the alarm goes off. You just check in. What am I feeling right now? And if you're not totally sure, that's okay. This isn't about getting it perfect or even getting it right. Just check in. Hey, I'm feeling a little like, I'm feeling a little anxiety. I, I, I think I'm feeling some tension in my chest and oh, it feels like there's some like butterflies in my stomach and I feel kind of nervous or whatever the feeling is that's coming up. Once you start to identify the feelings, once you start to check in with yourself, you can really move to the next question, which is asking yourself, what do I need right now? And then offering that to yourself. The objective of this practice is to really stay present with your difficult feelings rather than self-abandon when you feel overwhelmed. That was my go-to. Overwhelm would hit, boom, self-abandon. I would be so self-critical, so judgmental. I would numb. I would avoid. I would stay busy. I would bury myself in work. And those are all forms of self-abandonment. So the goal here is to just be present with your difficult feelings. As I always say, 
Can you be with yourself in the discomfort? Can you stay true to you rather than self-abandon? Meditation is another tool that can help you really cultivate that acceptance of and tolerate your feelings. I love silent meditation. Big fan of that. Silence is my jam. However, feel free to play with apps such as Calm, Headspace. I also am a big fan when I do guided meditations. I love Insight Timer. So check some of those out. No right or wrong. Do what works for you. Another way that we can stop self-abandoning, I got to look here. I think one, two, three, um, four. I wrote down four ways. Okay. So this is number two. Um, We can start to practice being authentic, not hiding those parts of ourselves out of fear or disapproval or judgment. Start small. Just the littlest things. I'm here to tell you, I'm a little bit of a truth speaker, and I'm just going to tell you the bottom line is not everybody's going to like you, especially when you stop the people-pleasing and start expressing your truth. Not everyone is going to like you. That is okay. Can you be with that discomfort that comes up, knowing that someone does not like you? Can you stay true to you versus shrinking, changing yourself to please other people? You can express who you are through your work. Build into those things, those zone of genius things that make you you. Maybe you're super, well, I think we're all creative. I was going to say maybe you're super creative. I think we're all creative. We're just not all artists. But maybe there's a creative pursuit, you know, painting, drawing, Maybe you express yourself through your hairstyle, your clothes, your hobbies, your interests, your passion projects. It doesn't matter what it is. It just matters that it brings you joy and that you feel self-expressed and authentic. I used to get so much joy when my boys were little out of scrapbooking. It was a way for me to kind of go back to the memory and live in that and be in the feeling states of what sort of came up for me with that memory. And it was a way for me to express myself creatively. You know, working with the different stickers and stamps and the tools, I would just have a blast expressing myself with with that format. You get to figure out what it is for you. Maybe you're thinking, okay, I don't know the real me. I've had clients that they don't know who they are. They don't know what their likes and dislikes are. They've abandoned themselves for so long. So you want to start by spending some time rediscovering what you like, rediscovering what matters to you. Try some things. You know, if you see an advertisement for a Zumba class on Saturday morning and and you feel something when you see that advertisement, sign up. Check it out. You'd have no idea where that's going to take you. You might hate it. That's okay too. But honor yourself by following through and trying some things out so that you get to know see what the feedback is. Okay, I went to that Zumba class, I absolutely hated it. Actually, here's a great example. 
back a few months ago, I went to my first hot yoga class. Hated it. Like literally made me angry the entire class. <laughs> like I sat down and did child's pose 54 times during the class. They probably thought I was being just like completely obstinate, but it was just very challenging for me. However, about 10 to 15 minutes after the class, I was like, whoa, what is this? What is this feeling? I just feel so released of all the like muck. And I started to like tap into that feeling that people talk about that love hot yoga. And that was feedback for me. It's like, okay, is this something that I want to check out again? Is this something I could actually see incorporating into my life? What was it that I hated? What felt challenging? Where did I push my edges out? What was it that I loved and enjoyed? This is how we start to understand what matters to us and rediscover what we like. Third way is to practice self-compassion. Oh, self-compassion. We all deserve care. We all deserve comfort, especially when we're suffering. And we're really good at doing this for other people. Where we fall short is to give it back to ourselves. Kristen Neff is a self-compassion researcher. She's got a lot of beautiful work. Um, She's got two books, I think Fierce Self-Compassion and um, her original one, I can't think of the name of it. I think it might just be Self-Compassion. Amazing, amazing book. I have actually read it a few times. It's it's a book that I believe really needs to be on everybody's bookshelf because I think this is a skill set that we're just not taught. Anyway, Kristen Neff suggests that Instead of judging and criticizing ourselves mercilessly for various inadequacies, shortcomings, self-compassion just means you're kind and understanding when you're confronted with flaws, with personal failings. Who told you that you were supposed to be perfect? Like, where did that idea ever come from? And again, most of us weren't taught the importance of self-compassion as children, so we have got to teach ourselves these important essential skills as adults. If your parents didn't show you compassion, again, this is going to feel foreign. This is going to feel clunky. Stay with yourself. It will get easier. It will get more comfortable with practice. We're going to do a podcast, kind of a shorty, I think, on the basic tenets of self-compassion. I think that'd be a good one to go a little bit deeper into self-compassion to help you really recognize when to bring in that self-compassion. But just start to notice for now where you're being harsh with yourself, where you can be more tender and graceful and empathetic and loving and kind towards yourself. Just start to become aware, okay? You can also think about this in terms of concrete actions that you can actually take to create comfort within yourself. So things like, and here's where we can bring in, um, you know, a nice warm bubble bath, especially in the middle of the afternoon. Uh, Going out in nature. You know, there are times this time of year, I love just going and sitting outside, doing nothing, just in the beingness, no phone, no nothing, just feeling the sun on my face, 
on my shoulders, just listening to the wind, feeling the wind, taking it in, listening to the birds, really taking in the sweet melody of nature. So start thinking about also, again, to bring in self-compassion. There are some concrete actions you can actually take to comfort yourself. All right, last one. Advocate for yourself. Another really important aspect of self-love is standing up for yourself, being assertive, being assertive with your truth. And I know, I know for so many of you, it can be so scary to assert yourself, to set those boundaries. We're so afraid at someone being upset with us, someone rejecting us, making other people upset, afraid that we'll be abandoned if we do That's not your side of the street. That's being codependent again, taking ownership for something that is not yours. Okay? We're actually not that powerful that we can make other people feel a certain way. They've got to deal with what's coming up for them. That's their journey. Now, I'm not saying, and I've said this before in podcasts, of course, What I'm talking about here is when you are expressing your truth, when you're setting boundaries that are wrapped in grace and love and assertive, big fan, you can still be compassionate, kind, loving, and be assertive. If you're being a jerk, you know that. You got to clean that up, right? So of course, if you're being a jerk to somebody, stuff's going to come up for that other person because it's just not nice. (laughs) However, at the end of the day, You know, I had somebody set a boundary with me recently, and it was beautiful. I loved it. I was like, yay, you, so proud of you for standing in your truth, not worrying about what would come up for me. It's like the kindest thing we can do for somebody. Now, old me would have been offended. Totally. I would have thought, how can she not have time to do that? How could she tell me no? Doesn't she know that I really need this from her? No, there was none of that because I've cleaned that up. I've healed that. It was like, this is so cool (laughs) to see someone standing in their truth. Yay. Okay. So the alternative to advocating for yourself is letting other people walk all over you. Again, self-abandonment. It's like saying you're walking around with this sign on your head saying, other people, your needs are more important. Your wants matter more than mine. I don't know why I had to sing that. It just felt right. <laughs> Excuse the singing. It's like you're you're saying to people, I I am open and available to accept disrespect and invalidation and and blame because I don't think I'm worthy of anything better. That's not a healthy foundation for any sort of a relationship, right? So we really want to start to understand here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak briefly about guilt here as well, because so many people are afraid to set boundaries because of guilt. Fear and guilt, those are the two things that really come up heavily for people. Friends, do you really want to continue exhausting yourself to try to try and build a guilt-free life? 
Because that means guilt-free life that you're acquiescing, that you're not standing for anything, that you're not living in your truth, in your zone of genius. You're just busy being on everybody else's side of the street, tending to their happiness, tending to their needs, their desires, their stuff, their feelings, right? You're overmanaging other people. You're like over the top invested in other people's lives. It's not possible to build a guilt-free life. When we start to say no, when we start to speak our truth, guilt's going to come up. Can you be with it? Can you be with that discomfort and know that you've done nothing wrong? And then it's not possible to build a guilt-free life. Well, it is possible, but it will lead to such unhappiness, exhaustion, fatigue, and burnout. You have to ask yourself, is that what you want? Is that what you were put on this earth for? The answer is no. (laughs) I'm just going to like, surprise, the answer is no. So here's some questions that I want you to think about as we come to the end of this podcast today. How will you start to show up for yourself? Are you willing to give yourself permission to begin listening to what your body, what your feelings are telling you? Are you willing to prioritize self-care? Just one thing. Maybe it's getting up five minutes early and sitting in silence before you start your crazy day? Will you do what feels right for you even when others disapprove? Because it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Will you comfort yourself? Will you be tender and grace-filled and kind and sweet to yourself when you're having a hard experience? Will you set boundaries And stay true to those boundaries, even if discomfort such as guilt arises. Can you stay true to you? Will you stay true to you? Friends, it really doesn't matter where you begin. This isn't about taking the right next action step. It just matters that you do begin. And it just matters that you take one small step today to value yourself. Maybe that step for you today is saving your seat and coming home to you. Again, the link for that will be in the show notes. I promise you, you will leave that workshop feeling so expansive and um, just open, open to receiving compassion and kindness to yourself, open to experiencing more support, more gentleness, open to explore more boundary work, and open to really exploring what it would look like to stay true to yourself. Okay, friends, that's what I have for you today. I would love it so much if you would take just a moment wherever you get your podcasts And just share this with somebody that you know could really benefit or, and give us a review. Leave us a little feedback or a rating. Really, really does help the podcast 
gets seen in the sea of amazing, beautiful podcasts. So if you would be willing to take a moment to do that, I would be ever so grateful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, friends. Thanks for hanging out with me today. What action step will you take to start really coming back home to yourself, staying with yourself, and not self-abandoning? Thanks for joining me today. We'll see you on the next podcast. If you like this episode or you're a fan of the Becoming Boundaried show, the best way you can show your support is to share it on your social media outlets and with your family and friends. And if you're feeling really generous, we would love for you to hop on over to iTunes and give us a review. Thank you for listening and thank you for being a part of this community. Have an amazing week and as always, Stay true to you.